Good evening. <laughs> it's, when, it's Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and it's your boys, Mike and Mish, with the Mike and Mish Show. What's up, Mike? We're about to show them how the henna nag gets around. How the henna nag gets around. <laughs> <laughs> Mike told me that uh, he originally thought that it said, Hey, little thing, let me, let me light, light your, your chemicals. chemicals. Yeah. Hey, little thing, let me light your chemicals. Let me light your chemicals. Show how the henna nag gets around. We're going to show them how the henna nag gets around tonight. How the, the henna nag gets around. Everyone Dude, knows what a henna nag is. I love that. I love that everybody has fucking lyrics of things that they <laughs> screwed up their whole life. It's, it's amazing. I just um, started thinking about what my mom. <laughs> when you were in the car with your mom and you were singing my out mom, No, my mom. Salt and pepper, right? <laughs> oh, salt and pepper. Yeah, what a man. Yeah. What a what man, a, what a man, what a she would say, what a honeycomb man. Don't <laughs> what a honeycomb man. Why would she say that? I have no fucking clue. That's what she thought they said. Swear to God. And I was dying when she told me. And when oh, we were just dude. saying that, Hen and I gets around, it made me think about when my mom said, What a honeycomb man. And I said, What like the cereal? You think that they're singing about a guy who's like the cereal? What a honeycomb, man. That is fucking great, man. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, guys, that was fun. Um, we're here. It's nine o'clock. It's the Mike and Miss show. Mission accomplished in the house. And we got a big show for you tonight. We got three guests on the docket. We didn't have the third guest until this afternoon when we uh, we pulled them on board for tonight. What up, everybody? Uh, we have... Both guys that are going to be fighting each other in Denver, Colorado on October 15th, just a freaking week and a half away. I cannot Ooh. freaking wait for this card. This oh, card's going to be out of control, but there it is. There's your headliner. Mike Richmond is fighting Isaac Doolittle for the interim light heavyweight title. I cannot wait to talk to both of these guys. Mike will come on first, followed by Isaac Doolittle. And when we are done talking to Isaac, the honey badger, we're going to have a guy that made a little history this past Saturday come on and talk about the wild debacle, whatever you want to call it, that happened yep. in the main event Saturday yep. night, BKFC 30 in Monroe, Louisiana. Juggernaut Hunt, Lorenzo Hunt, will be on tonight to talk about it all. Look at that freaking guy, man. He knows how to sell a show, that's for sure. That was crazy. Mike, before we talk to these guys, what did you think? What were your thoughts on this um, wild series of events that happened in that event? Uh, which, so the beginning of the main event, are we talking about, or are we talking? I'm about... talking. I'm I'm talking that whole main event as a whole. I'm going to tell you right now. When when he went down and he flipped and he looked dead on the floor, I did not know what to think at all, and I stood up from my couch. And I said, no fucking way this ends like this. What is what is going on here? That something fishy was going on in my eyes because it didn't look like anything that happened in that little sequence would have put a man unconscious. It just blew my goddamn mind. But then they're standing here and, and like Lorenzo's on the other side of the ring. He's yelling, don't do this in front of your people. Don't do this in front of your town. Blah, 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 blah. 
a few good minutes goes by and like we're on i'm like i don't know what's happening here now all of a sudden both guys are standing in the middle of the ring and dan mergliata's going we're gonna restart this thing and then you hear mergliata say out loud i didn't take a point i didn't take a yeah in between all the fucking it was in between round one and two that he said it yeah he says, I didn't take a point because the punch didn't land. The one that Lorenzo clearly threw on the floor, that was wild. But, it, you know, thoughts on this, Mike? Well, my thoughts are going to be very similar to mostly every single person that has actually seen this clip over and over again. Lorenzo definitely shouldn't have swung on the ground. That was absolutely for sure. Wrong. He shouldn't have done it. He knows better. I don't know what happened there. We'll talk to him. We'll ask him. Henry was not knocked out. (laughs) Nothing from what I can see shows him getting hit and getting knocked out. He did like three different things after the punch landed or would have landed. He did like three. He blocked afterwards. Mm -hmm. He put his hand out, brought it back in. Yeah. And then he flipped to his belly. his head back up and turned this way. And I was like, all right, I'm done. I, I don't I don't know how this can go it, on like this. This is crazy. And then he was out for a, for a while. And then he got back I, up. And I, fought. Okay. okay. I mean, he fought for a while. Pretty good too. I mean, he seemed like he was with it. So, you know who uh, I think we're gonna try to get on the show? Yes. Now, because I know he'll come on the show and he'll talk to us because he's awesome and, and we talk to him at every event. We go to Big Dan Mer- Mergliata. I think it's a good time to invite him. Yeah, We might not be able to get him on this week, but um, yeah, I agree with uh, some of the comments here. Uh, Susan Walker, I, I'm not sure. Do you feel like he, he did swing? And everybody knows that. It doesn't matter if yeah. he didn't, if it didn't land. The most that could happen is what? He get, take a point from him? He would take a point. That would be the most that can happen. He didn't land. Ultimately, he lost by TKO. He lost by TKO. So, Susan, what would you have liked to have seen happen? Him get warning or point taken away or what? He did throw an illegal strike. That's not a disqualification. That's I don't think because it never landed. Yeah. He should have known better. He was acting in the heat of the moment, I think. We're going to talk to him and find out about it. Um. I want to bring up this comment by our boy uh, Ryan Perez over there at Slaughterhouse. Lorenzo is a walking promo reel. He really is, man. And then he hit that earth is flat. God is black and ain't no champ unless I say so. Yeah. He knows knows how to draw an audience. He knows how to rile some people up. That's for sure. All right. So Susan would have liked to have seen a point. That's 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 fair. I would say that. Yeah. It's fair, especially because because in those pre-fight, you know, briefings that they get from, from the referees, they give, they go over the rules in the back and they let them know if you swing at a guy on the ground that is, that is, that is uh, attempting to strike a downed opponent and we can take a point or your it's grounds to uh, lose a point. Whatever. Yeah. You're liable to get. Yep. So he knows, he knows, and we're going to talk about that, but the fact is it wouldn't have made a difference in the fight because Right. I don't believe it landed, and that whole thing was a crazy theatrical show at the beginning there. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was. I just – it was just wild to even try Oh, it try was to, a show. I don't – dude, there's no way. He was not knocked out. I will stand by that for the rest of my life. 
Yeah. There's no fucking way. I believe I watched that thing like 50 times, times to try to <laughs> yeah. give him the benefit of the doubt. I can't rule on the side of he got knocked out because even if the punch touches him a little bit, it's not a lot. So that was enough to knock him clean cold for like one minute plus. And then later on, he's getting fucking smoked by punches. Doesn't even knock him out cold. Not even the punch that landed at the end knocked him out like that. And that's why I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. It was, but it was he was crazy. winning. He was winning. He was doing good in the fight. He uh, was. I just cannot. No, there's no way. I, I really don't think that he got knocked out. And I'm sorry. I think Quentin's a great guy, but I just don't buy that. I don't buy it. And I think it's hard to but, it's hard to believe. It really is yeah. hard to believe. Um I almost feel bad for admitting that I don't believe that because I don't right. think that Quentin's a bad guy, but you know, I that's what I saw, and that's that's I'm sticking to my guns. Sticking to my guns. Sticking to my guns. Man, it was yeah. a great night of fights. Um uh, hold on a second. I'm getting a message. I said he said uh so the Bobo fight was hold up, hold up a second. Oh, oh no, continue talking. I'm trying to find Yeah, you. yeah, you're reading the text out loud. I'm not sure if you notice <laughs> you're live on air. So <laughs> the Bobo fight was way faster than I thought it was gonna be. I I thought there was gonna be a little bit of a slug fest going on in that fight. Uh it would have been nice to see Bobo get, you know, a little bit of time in there. Uh, you know, against Big Ben. I was a little bit I was saddened by that, I have to say. I, you know. Nobody wants yeah. to see Bobo get knocked out in 19 seconds. You know, just not. No one wants to see that shit. You know. It was so. Here's the thing about that. It was. It was tough to see. Uh, we all love Bobo, but it, it 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 is what it is. And Big Ben is one of the most seasoned veterans that this sport has seen come into the sport. Um. Mike Richmond, I just sent you a new link to your Facebook Messenger. Try that one. He's in the comments. Yeah, I, I seen him. I seen him. He's on top of it. I seen him. All right. Um, no, but the the thing was like it, it's what what pissed me off about the whole thing is how hung up on the fact that they were two hundred and ninety pounds and two hundred eighty five pounds going into this fight. Like, I just don't understand, like, why anybody had a problem with Big Ben saying, I'm going to put this entire heavyweight division on notice. Um, uh, who is that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that is not Mike Richmond. <laughs> All right, let's so, let's bring this guy. Let's hey, bring hey, him in. Bring him in. Let's, let's, let's bring this guy. Bring we him got, in. We got the uh, the man who's going to be fighting Isaac Doolittle. Everybody, here he is, Mike Richmond. Look at that guy. <laughs> One sixty-five, baby, right here. There he is. That's a fucking sexy Mexi. That's fucking John Castro. <laughs> yeah, that's Rico Suave. <laughs> da, 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 da. Dude, welcome, gentlemen. Is is this uh is this one of your fighters, Mike? Um, well, we trained together. Yeah, absolutely. Trained at the same time, but he's also, you know, one of my managers here at the club. We're right here in right now. You know, there's good old Joey. Hey, Joey. Hey, man, you know, I'm always at work when we do it at this time. Yes, sir. I mean, we know. You're never not working, Mike. Confessions of a gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, last time we saw you in a ring we, we all know when the last time we saw you and the last time we talked to you and all the stuff that's going on in between your last fight to now 
I think it's kind of funny that the last time we saw you fight was in Wichita, Kansas, mm-hmm. in the main event for the number one contender at 175. You right. win that impressively. In the co-main event that same night, Isaac Doolittle wins the number one contender spot at 185. In an impressive but different kind of it was a it was a dog fight between him and Jared Warren. Now all of a sudden, that was back in April. Here we are in October, and you guys are fighting each other. Yeah. Wow, yeah, right? Get out that way, right? Um you know, obviously I want obviously I want to still go for that 175 pound title, right? Um I think how this kind of all unfolded was um, you know, things falling apart with with the Lorenzo and I situation uh, fighting. And then, um, you know, Ricky was probably wasn't going to be fighting till later in the year. Obviously they want him. Obviously they want him to, uh, to fight in South Florida, right? There he is. Yeah, we hear you. I think I was covering the mic. I'm sorry. I wasn't even paying attention. Yeah. Did you hear a word I said or I need to? No, you you were saying something about, uh, uh, Francisco Ricky getting held up to, to the end of the year. No, I mean, I just, Let's be real. They, they, he, he's a South Florida guy. They're always going to want him to fight in that South Florida area, whether it's Hollywood or Miami. They're going to want him to bring in fans. So, uh, ideally, I doubt they're going to send him out somewhere else to well, fight or defend. You know, defend that interim title. I don't know if you knew this or if it was public knowledge, but when we did a uh, we did a fight companion for not the last event, the one before, yeah, and. Francisco, Ricky, and Yuli Diaz jumped on with us and shoot the shit with us for a little bit. And Ricky yeah. told me, Mike, what was the injury? Did he tear his ACL or he tore his meniscus or something like that? Uh, right? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, he told us that he had a knee injury that was going to hold him out probably for the rest of 2022 because he tore something in his knee. I, I, I did. I, yeah, I mean, I heard that a meniscus, some sort of meniscus injury. I heard that in some interviews. So I obviously took that in consideration as well. So I'm like, all right, cool. If I wait, I'm not going to fight Ricky till the end of the year, if not early next year. It could be a knuckle mania show. They seem to like to throw that every February, you know, around Super Bowl time. Um, and then about, <clears throat> about seven weeks, six and a half, seven weeks out from this date, um, you know, they came to me and was like, hey, do you want to fight? Doolittle for the at the time they told me it was going to be for the official title you want to fight Doolittle for the 185 pound title and I'm like you know obviously I want to go up there and and I, and I want to win and I want to win titles so if I have to go up and take risks like I've been preaching and saying that I want to do ideally the only reason I want to go to 85 is, is I want to fight Lorenzo and I want to take his fucking belt from him but uh when they offer it that in consideration with when I would probably wouldn't fight Ricky next, you know, I, I thought it over. We talked to the team, my team, and and I think I decided I'm like, yeah, let's fight, let's go out there, let, let let's get this title, uh, let's put on another great performance, and just kind of keep adding to kind of my bare knuckle legacy that I'm that I'm trying to put together before I leave the sport. Um, my only, I guess, my biggest concern would be is I understand that these 85ers are big fucking dudes, and every time I'm gonna go in there and I'm gonna take a risk. So my biggest worry, I guess, initially was, all right, cool, I go in there, I beat Doolittle, I get the official title or interim or whatever you guys want to call it. Then I'm stuck up there and I got to defend and fight and I got to defend another bigger dude and another bigger guy and another bigger guy, which I'm totally for that. Um, but then it, 
delays me dropping back down and then fighting Ricky at 75. So those are obviously things that I took in consideration because, you know, I still want to go down there and fight at 75 and then work my way back down to 65. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those are just things that I thought about when they offered it to me about seven weeks out. Now, Doolittle is got a pretty impressive run going. He's 4-0. Um you talk about the size, getting matched up with him is probably the most similar sized 185er they have on the roster, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, what what have you thought about Doolittle's <clears throat> run so far in the BKFC? And um, and how do you see this fight playing out with you and him? You know, just to elaborate on the on the height size, he's actually slightly shorter than me. So he's kind oh, of really? he's uh like a another Dakota Cochran style of fight for me, but even Dakota was probably my height maybe slightly shorter, maybe, but you know, I, I, I was next to do a little, a couple of times and we shook hands after that last show together, you know, super nice, respectful guy. And he was you know, slightly shorter than me, not by much. Um, his style is just that blue collar, right? That blue collar, gritty, fucking get inside, wear all your arms, dirty box, you know, overhook, underhook, collar tie, punch, punch, attack, and try to really wear you down. Uh, very bold, bold type of mentality. So, uh, um, I fought that style before. I, I don't want to discredit him. He's on a run. He's four and zero. We don't need to dive into the the how good his opponents were compared to how good my. You know, we don't need to do that. But he is still four and zero. But I fought bulls already that that kind of have that same type of style in Brickles and in Dakota Cochran. Uh, obviously, Stamps is more of a long, rangy, finesse, explosive style fighter. And I'm not saying Doolittle isn't explosive, but I've seen his style before, and I think his style is going to be what everyone wonders, right? Let's just get Richmond into the third, fourth, and fifth round. Let's wear out his arms. Let's see if he can still have pop later in the fight. That's going to be the story of my bare-knuckle career till I go five rounds, right? That's what everyone's going to say, and I get yep. that. Um, and, and I'm just going to go out there and implement my game plan like I always do. And uh, it's just going to be another battle of can his style stifle mine or vice versa. Why do you think people think that you can't make it five rounds when you clearly have a history in MMA? Uh, I think I have a history in MMA of my punching power, you know, not being as strong later in the fight. Right. You know, um, not, I'm not getting knockouts later, later in the, in the rounds. You know, I've have I've had uh, some split decision wins in, in MMA and split decision losses, but I've, I don't think I have any knockout wins in the third round in MMA. Right. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's something that they look at it as, all right, if when Mike starts to tire, he doesn't have as much pop in his shots anymore. And maybe that's what it is. You know, his counters won't be as sharp. He won't be able to, and you know, Entries won't be as clean and as quick. I think it's more of take away of my explosiveness. Let's see how we handle the dogfight later on. I guess we'll see what happens. But I think that is what it really kind of boils down to. You got to look for something, right? If I haven't yeah. gone the distance yet, then that's got to be the next thing. Wait till he goes the distance, right? Not go do little. That's going to be the stance in the next fight, in the next fight, in the next fight. I'm just going to go out there and, and continue to try to put people away. It's not like I'm going out there going – I need to knock him out in the first or second round. It just plays out the way it plays out. Right. Mike, um, right before we brought you on, and this has nothing to do with like your fight at all. I wanted to ask you about this past Saturday night and I'm, and I, you're probably going to think I'm going to ask you about the main event. We'll do that in a second. But uh -huh. after Ben Rothwell 
knocked out Bobo O'Bannon. He put the entire heavyweight division on notice, right? Mm-hmm. He said it. And then everybody on social media and on the internet is all fucking up in arms because this guy weighed 290 pounds and he's putting it. Uh, right? right. What does that like? Are, are these people fucking stunat or what? Um, it, it would be like if you won. So this is the way I tried to explain it to somebody. I go, why do you guys have a fucking problem with somebody saying that I'm going to go down and put this whole division on notice? Wait, I said, if, if, if Mike went out and beat Isaac in Denver, and then after the fight was like 185, eight for me, I'm going down to 165 and I'm putting that whole fucking division on notice. 165, I'm coming for you. I don't think anybody would have a problem with you saying that. But for some reason, when Ben said that the other night, everyone's all fucking flustered. What are your what's your thoughts on that? Uh, I think everyone is all worked up because they want to come up with some reasoning behind. Oh man, we need to discredit this fucking monster somehow. Oh, let's. He wasn't the two sixty five limit. Well, okay, it wasn't for a title, and technically, boxing you can you know, you, you can go over two sixty five. So that's what it really boils down to. To me, it just comes down to, and it's all the it's the handlers of some of the other heavyweight fighters that are like, oh, well, but he didn't do this. No, he looked like a fucking monster. Okay, looked like a fucking monster, and there's no way him cutting down to two sixty five. What do you weigh? Two ninety nine. If you cut down to two sixty five, that dude is still going to be a monster. And I fucking have preached it a long time. This is fist fighting, and I'm very confident in fist fighting any fucking man. Whether if I have to go up and wait and scrap and throw down in a fist fight, I would not want to fucking fist fight that dude at two sixty. Right, dude. I would not want to. He's that like so. Yeah, he did put the heavyweight notice, the heavyweight bare knuckle division on notice because that dude's a killer. Um, now you're gonna have to have a super duper granite chin. I think a great head movement to to maybe uh, wear him down. I guess if that's your route that you're going, but uh, yeah, he he definitely fucking. I was like, holy shit. My thing was to to the people that were saying this was that yes, he's forty. That was that was like some people were saying, well, he's forty. He can't cut weight like that anymore. I'm like, he made two sixty five eleven months ago at forty years old. His last right. MMA fight, his fifty third pro MMA fight at two sixty five was 11 months ago and he made weight. So I don't know why you guys think he can't do that. Uh, you know, now anyways, part that kills me is just uh, before we move on, Bobo agreed to it. It's not like this was a fuck. Bobo's manager agreed to it. It's not like right. this was a surprise. And I'm like, Oh shit. He's like, from my understanding, they knew that this was going to be the open heavyweight. You can as much as you want type of deal. Now, of course, if he wants to go fight for the heavyweight title, from my understanding, he has to be 265 or less. But like they agreed upon it. He went out there, destroyed a dude who's a tough who's a tough dude. And then now, once again, it's that whole UFC fighter or Bellator fighter coming to bare knuckle. And now I gotta be up and like, oh man, he's like you gotta look for reasons why you to hate on someone like that because some people have a hard time with these bigger names coming into the sport and the promotion. It's like, dude, until you show me a bare knuckle fighter who that's all they've done is bare knuckle boxing and their whole career. They didn't, they didn't have an MMA career. They didn't have a boxing career. They were just brought up during bare knuckle. Then you might have a right to complain about these big names coming in. But at the end of the day, the majority of these bare knuckle fighters were aspiring MMA fighters were aspiring. Boxers. 
there's sorry your fucking career didn't elevate to where it was i guarantee you if you were one of those aspiring mma fighters and you got to the ufc you would have been like nah you know what never mind i'm gonna go do this bare knuckle thing for a while no not at all but it's like there's so much hate for that it bothers me i'm not even an upper tier mma dude i was kind of right in the middle of my time in bellator i had a good run but i think there's a lot of that honestly there's a lot of oh shit this big dude from the ufc came in let's hate on him yeah, there is a lot of resentment towards the fighters, and I, I, I think it helps a lot. It really does. A lot of people are like, oh, did, was that worth it, bringing that person in? Like, if they don't do too good or if they feel like they got paid too much. And I'm like, no, it's worth it because you're bringing eyes to the sport, man. Don't you want to be seen? Don't you want this to grow? Just like what Bellator did, bringing on bigger names, you got to elevate guys like your Michael Chandler to become big stars and going to the UFC. I mean, okay, BKFC is doing a similar model. Let's bring some bigger names. Let's draw some more eyes. Let's get some more sponsorships. Let's get some more viewers to continue to hate on that. You're just, you're, you're ignorant as fuck. Yeah. That. Nah, man, it, it's, it is crazy. Whatever they could do to elevate this new sport, everyone should just pump the brakes on all the complaints and just let it ride because everything they're doing so far is making the sport grow at an astronomical level. I mean, rate, and it just keeps on growing and I can't wait to see what's what is next. But before we finish up with you tonight, we need to talk about the main event from the other night. What were your thoughts on the, like the whole sequence of events in that main event fight between hero and hunt. It was one of the strangest main events that I think I've ever seen in any sport. That first sequence on the floor to the break in action, to the restart of the fight. What is a, what is a veteran like yourself? I initially thought the fight was going to be over, right? I thought it was going to be like a, either a, a, a win via DQ. I, I thought maybe that was possibly going to be it. Uh, via DQ um, and I'm like alright maybe they'll just call it a no contest I don't know you can't really say it's an accidental illegal shot granted the biggest thing of it was well he didn't hit him that hard yeah I mean you saw the replay didn't hit him that hard and it was a weird reaction to the punch but it, it seemed like it did at least graze his chin so the intent of the shot was still there so my number one guess was oh shit this is going to end via DQ <laughs> and Henry's going to win but then obviously he got up and then they're like, no, nah, we're going to keep fighting. I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, all right, fair enough. I guess we just fucking shoot from the hip sometimes. Whatever. <laughs> and uh, it was an entertaining fight, you know. Then I think like Henry kind of got his wits and head behind him and, you know, was popping that jab like he does, you know, taking some angles. I think he was flustering Hunt a little bit and vice versa. But then there was another shot, you know, what was it? The second or third round, I believe it was. Second round, maybe. Yeah, second. It would the stretch of the fight. First thing, it just seemed like it was forever, right? Because it's all the delays and this and that. But it was like the second or third. Henry was winning, and then all of a sudden, Hunt came back with a combo, and then you didn't really see how clean the shot was. And then Henry went down, and I didn't think he was going to stay on the, <laughs> but he did. And then I'm like, oh man, that was a weird roller coaster ride of a fight to watch. But I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, it was, certainly was odd. I can say uh, that was it's, probably, yes, uh, way up there on uh, the list of odd fights, I'll tell you. Dude, it's so fucking weird how how this one series of events has so many different opinions on it because you could just go right to our comments right now and, like, one guy says if he acts like a quitter, 
he acted like a quitter. He didn't touch him. And then two comments down says, how could he be a quitter if he got back up and continued to fight? Yeah. You're right. I don't know. I, it's like it, in one case, it looks like he was acting. I mean, it could have been. Two seconds later, he's back. I mean, I don't know. You don't know what's going through the fighter's mind at that moment. He could have been a battle of both, right? He could have had a moment where like, man, I could really fucking go out and get this title via DQ and then maybe fight him again later. Maybe he was thinking to himself like, I need to, you know, I need to get the fuck out. Uh, get the fuck up. I don't want to win like this. I mean, like, so like, you don't know what was going through Henry's mind, whether he was a quitter or not a quitter. Maybe the initial point was uh, maybe he wanted to buy some time to recollect his thoughts. Who knows? Only Henry knows. Right. But he got up and the fight continued. And then it was just kind of like I was excited, like, oh, shit, they're going to get after it. And then the second round, then it was just like, oh, man, you ain't fucking worry about that with me, though. I promise you that. <laughs> nah man so so he's got that belt now um i like you mentioned it earlier about this fight with isaac that that uh you don't know if it's for the interim or the official i know that david feldman said uh, a couple weeks ago on the podcast that it would be for the official title so who knows we'll find out when we get to denver i guess but with that said um we always like catching up with you, man. We always got something fun for the for the uh, for the Marine. And we got yeah. a little thing called uh, "If I Were a Rich Man." Yeah. You know, <laughs> Mike, Shit. do the song. Na 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 na. All you gotta do. These are quick, real quick. If well, you were, maybe you're a rich man. That's a classic right there. What's that? Fat boys, a uh, you know, hip hop artist from like that. Like, yes, <laughs> yeah. we couldn't hear you because Kyle was talking over you. Oh, God shut the fuck up! Hey, first one. If you were a rich man, what are you buying? Uh, I'd probably buy myself like a dope ass house, probably a couple million dollar house. Yeah, for sure. You, you know what? I throw like Dan Bilzerian parties and shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bilzerian, yeah, but aren't there for sure. Yeah, I asked I asked a bunch of people this question today, and ninety percent of them say land. I'd buy land. Yeah, I'd want like a bass house with a shit ton of land, like straight Yellowstone style, where I just like own. <laughs> Number two, what would you start? People tell me all the time if I was rich, I should start my own strip club. But uh, I, it's just tough business to start if you don't got that big, big, big backing. So, what would I start? I don't know. <laughs> Find some smart dude to come up with a cool app and pay him to make me a bunch of money. There you go. Cool app. Here we go. What would you end? What would I end? Fuck. I don't even know. That's a tough one. Um, I don't know. I have to pass on that one. That's like some like politically correct type shit right there. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> and last one for you. Here you go. Who would you disappear? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Google. <laughs> Google's disappear. Google's disappear. Uh, oh, ma'am. I'm gonna pass on that one. That one sounds. <laughs> Here we go. He's not gonna end anyone or anything. There it is. Mike the Marine Richmond. Who would have thought? Yeah. Don't code killer. Yeah. Still a nice guy at heart. Yeah. There he <laughs> is. Follow him on all his in on his uh, socials at the bottom. Go check his club out. Uh, take a second. Say some final words, bro. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm back home where I started in the industry, Spearman Rhino, back here in Minneapolis, um, you know, running this club. I got a, like I said, fucking sexy Maxi, fucking John Castaneda, fucking Johnny, uh, and Joey, Joey, Olympic fucking Greco-Roman McGee over there. 
<laughs> yeah, man, I got a I got a cool team over here, man. I'm super excited about uh, next Saturday, uh, getting it on against a tough opponent, uh, Isaac Doolittle. Nothing but respect for him. We're gonna go in there. We're gonna, you know, do what gladiators do, and we're just gonna go there and try to finish each other. So I hope everyone enjoys it. There it is, and you and you know what? I forgot to mention. You're not the only. Smith Brothers Combat Sports got a bunch of dudes on there. They got you. They got Bubba McDaniel's. They got Jake Clinsey. They got Melvin Gillard. So it's gonna be uh, Smith yeah, Combat got, Heavy up got here. Big Ross, you got a big roster of dudes on there, so it'd be pretty cool. Hell yeah. yeah, Smith Brothers Heavy out there. We're all gonna be out there. We'll see you in Denver, and I'm sure we're gonna enjoy the show. Thank you for coming on, bud. All right, brother. We'll see you guys next week. All right, all right later. Easy. Later. All right, Mike. Look at this. Listen, listen. All right, look at. Yes. Isaac Doolittle says he keeps trying the the uh, the link and it's Man, not I working. What's going on? With can, the you, today? can you can yeah, you send? Yeah, yep. Try to send. I'm gonna message him back and say that Mike what's is. What's going on with these links today? Huh? Freaking who made these is links? Sending you another link, but in the meantime, send him another link. Uh, can you believe the nerve of these links? They're ruining the show for me, for you, for everybody watching, and Mike Richmond too. Yeah, Mike's awesome, dude. He's a fun guy to come on. And uh, I bet you he runs a tight club there, guy. What do you yeah, think? I was, you know, we were talking earlier about what he would start. And I believe we said strip club. But in my fantasy, I ran one of the strip clubs. See, Mike <laughs> you... Richmond started a whole strip club thing. And then I fantasized about running one of the strip clubs myself. Like, hey, Mike's over there in the northeast, you know, quarter of the Richmond strip club chain. <laughs> Mike and Mish running the yep. running the strip club. I just picture myself slow motion, like shooting money all over the place. Even though I work there, somehow I'm still shooting money out. I don't know. Whatever. Hey, hey, uh, somebody in the comments says they lost audio. Can you guys hear That's us? Vince Anderson said that. And in the meantime, guys, make sure you're checking out these cool ass shirts that me and Mike are wearing, comfortable as hell, and get your ass over to www.guerrillawarfareapparel.com. Do Don't do it now. Do it right after this. Do it after the show. Yeah. Unless you have. Or do it now. Oh. Come right back. Or if you have two oh, screens, you can do Isaac's it. Isaac's calling me. I'm going to answer. I just called. I just sent him the uh, the linkage. I wonder what's happening with StreamYard. Mike, you know? talk to the people about Guerrilla Warfare, and I'm going to talk to him for a second. All right. Listen up. This is what you got to do. All right. You got to go to www.guerrillawarfareapparel. And now. There is gorillas on the shirt, but it's not spelt gorilla like the animal, like the warfare. You understand? So get over there. Promo code Mike and Mish, 10% off. You get some badass shirts from some badass peeps. You go on their page today. Who was wearing their shorts today? I saw somebody. Oh, it was a Rampage BJJ. Yes, that's right. I know who she is. I've seen her around. Um, Why do you know who she is, Mike? Because I follow her on Instagram. BJJ, man. Duh. <laughs> Why else would I follow her? So, yes. Get over there. You can get the NWA font. But in GWA, still haven't figured out what NWA means. But someone will figure it out one day. Look on the back. If I don't knock my headphones out. Stay violent. Stay violent. So, we're having a little bit of issues here with this stupid ass links from StreamYard. Did he get my link? Did he get my message? Yeah, dude, none of those links are working. So he said, "I don't, I don't know if I have enough internet where I'm at." Yeah, it must, it must, it has to. I don't know. He's got a thin band. His band yeah. is too thin, <laughs> too weak. You know what? Um, 
<laughs> I just sent him a I just sent him a message back. I couldn't even FaceTime with him because Oh, that's bad. It, it must Where be is he in it must be his Kansas uncle. or something. Yeah, he's in he's in like you know what it is? It's probably <laughs> fucking windy. <laughs> it's that's, got, oh, let me tell you something about Kansas wind. We went there for like three <laughs> days or four days, and there wasn't a single second of any day where there was not wind blowing all over the place. I wanted to get out of there hey, immediately. I gotta tell hey, you. Hey, earlier, earlier in the comments. Here's what I found. What the hell? You know what? I think <laughs> what you said that it made my watch go off. <laughs> Yo. Or something er I said. Earlier in the comments, uh Slaughterhouse said. Slaughterhouse said that he is he you might as well call me Saint Nick because I'm gifting everyone in December. What? <laughs> He what said, is he talking? Okay, send me a link and I'll talk shit with y'all. I I'll would. Send him... Yeah, go ahead, send him a link. I mean, only if you, only if Saint Nick is going to drop some gems here on on here live. If we not, get you we in got here Lorenzo. for about ten minutes, dude. My thoughts are right on par with Mike Richmond about that whole weight thing. Did you did you agree with what he said? And and while he was talking about that in the comments, Big Ben, not Big Ben Rothwell, Big Ben, our Big Ben, says, "Who do you think could beat Ben Rothwell in that heavyweight division?" I'm going to tell you right now. He is a tough, a a tall order for fucking anybody in that weight division, and I think that includes the champ as well. I believe. Him and Arnold would be an absolute war. I honestly think that uh, I think that Alan Belcher may be too small. He's clearly talented enough, and he's got power in his hands, and he can land his shots. He's very yeah. precise when yes. he throws. When he throws, he lands. That's one thing for sure. With Alan Belcher, he knows mm -hmm. how to throw a punch and land one. Uh, Big Boy says Mark Godbeer would be a good one. Godbeer would be fun. Um, it's just Belcher like is small, very small compared to him. Yeah, very. But oh, I mean, big Big Ben says Greg Hardy. Now I don't know if Greg Hardy could beat Ben Rothwell, but it would be a fun fight because they're the same damn size. Okay, I'll give you that much. Um, I mean, Frank Tate's huge, and he knocked out Frank Tate. Frank Tate is massive. I remember the first time we met him. I was like, this dude is fucking gigantic. I could not believe how big he was. When we saw him, I was like, I didn't even know this guy was this big. Like, I looked at the picture. I didn't even pay attention to, like, his his height. But when I saw him outside, I was like, Jesus Christ, man. Uh, Kevin Smith is in the comments. We just talked about Smith Brothers. There's Smith Brothers heavy on this card coming up. But he says uh, he's got a guy named Alonzo Butler who's ready for Ben. Um, Strega 666. The Strega 666 is Warren yeah. Thompson. Strega. You know what That's, that is? And what is it's that? like an Italian like folklore, uh, like a uh like a witch or like a more like a ghost, I think. And she like comes in your window at night when you can't sleep. You know, when people sleep paralysis or something. I think that's what the strike is, maybe. But I know it's some kind of monster from like Italian folklore. Some kind of like fucking crazy woman, a wraith or something. Yeah, that's what it is. A wraith. A wraith. Now mm. it's like I mean, fucking Warren Thompson. I think Warren Thompson is a tough dude and a, and a, and a really good 
skilled fighter. Yeah, he's he a mechanical put on a hell of a show. He put on a good show with Art Parker, and he he was fucking cracking Art Parker like crazy. But I want to, dude. Those guys were like two hundred and twenty pounds, weren't they? I just think that like. You know what they need to do? And since BKFC is going around, uh, you know, just kind of doing their own thing anyway, and, you know, more power to them. It's a new sport. I, I know we're in our fifth year, but it is still a new sport, and they're still refining the sport. And like we had talked a couple months back, we were talking about, like, now that they're in their fifth year, maybe it's time to take a step back and try to look at certain things that they could change about sport or fix about sport or add. And I don't know about you, but I think adding a like a 206 to 235 division yes. would be fantastic. And then you add and then and then two and then heavyweight, call it cruiser heavy or whatever you want to call it. Cruiser heavy 206 to 235 or 225, and then heavyweight 226 to 265 or 266, and then super heavy if they can do a super heavy above that um i i don't know why they couldn't just add add two new weight classes and i know that a lot of commissions in the united states i don't know how they work in anywhere else but in the u.s a lot of the commissions are going off of mma they're like mma commissions that are that are sanctioning these things so they got to go with the mma weight classes i don't know if that's going to be forever but with these guys throwing bare hands, man, the jump from two, you know, if you're a 220 pound heavyweight scrapping with a 280 pound heavyweight, it's just too big. It's too big of a difference. A weight class in between uh, cruiser weight and heavyweight, like a cruiser heavy or cruiser heavy or whatever you want to call it, that mm -hmm. would be fucking fantastic. No, I agree. I think that that should happen. It would be, I think it would be a little better instead of having like a crazy fight at someone who's 295 and someone who's 215. Like it's, that's insane. But usually people don't fight from that weight, a heavyweight, although it has happened. Both people were like at the very low end of the heavyweight, you know, division, right. or they just cut down at 205. So it's, you know, no one ends Dude, up doing it. So you can think about that right now. Think about that right now. Like, when when uh who when Trujillo Tru, uh Trujillo and Tomahawk whatever Townsel. uh Townsel fought yep. they were like two hundred and nineteen pounds yeah fighting heavyweight mm -hmm. you got them too you got Alan Belcher who could sit pretty in a two hundred six to two twenty five division um Chris Saro Warren Thompson Art Parker these are all guys Jay Fish Joey Beltran. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. these are all guys that would really put together a weight class like that. We got a surprise guest before we talk to the juggernaut. Let's see what this crazy man has to say to us. Um, <laughs> the the slaughterhouse boxing god himself, the cheat yeah. code, the BKFC cheat code. Ryan Perez, what's up, dude? What's up, boys? Been hello, a long time. hello, hello. What's happening? You know, hanging out, enjoy enjoying a good uh, good podcast of Mike and Mish. Nice. Yeah. We we try. Uh, so you watched the first part. What do you what do you think of this Mike Richmond versus Isaac Doolittle fight coming up? I think I, my personal opinion. I think Mike Richmond's got that in the bag. Any reason other than just your personal opinion? 
Um, he's just a good striker. He's really fast for that weight class. Um, and I think he just has overall better skill set than that guy he's fighting. All right. So since we got you on here and this is a, a surprise visit, um, let's shoot from the hip here. You got any news on Jared Grant? I do. I do. Word on the block is Jared will be back in December. Hey. So the eye was um, not as bad as we all thought it was going to be at the beginning. It was pretty fucked up. I mean, the, the good thing was that, like, he went – Jared's a very, like, you know – germaphobe freak type of I want to get healed fast type guy. So he went straight to the hospital. He didn't play with it. He didn't like take any like risk. He stayed there like two days and he just made sure that they treated him. And he didn't like, he did everything. He did. He took the steps necessary to make sure his eye wasn't fucked. Now you have, um, you now have a champion in house, uh, Britain Beltran. Yep. But you got Joey Beltran, who's going to be fighting Houston Alexander coming up, right? He's mm -hmm. been training training at Slaughterhouse. Um, when did this fight get signed? And did it did it happen today? And they announced it today. I mean, we've been negotiating it for like I would say like a month now. Really? Yeah, just behind the scenes to make sure you know Joey was on board and Joey was you know content to take that type of fight and you know go to someone's backyard and do what he got to do. I think it's a good fight for Joey. I think, you know, being that they're both, you know, older, you know, it's, it's a better fight than there's some, some other heavyweights out there for Joey's comeback. So I think that's a good, good uh, opponent for him. And this is at heavyweight. Yeah. It's two Oh five. It's two Oh five. So it's cruiserweight. Yeah, cruiserweight. Yeah. Joey's going to fight at two Oh five. So man, there you go. <laughs> we were just talking to what now you being, you know, deep in the game, boxing for a long time. With bare knuckle boxing, this is not MMA. So no. why why wouldn't they add another division? Like what we were just saying before you came on, I said, I don't know why they wouldn't just add a division right above cruiserweight, below heavyweight from like 206 to 225 or 206 to 230 or whatever, just for those lower end heavyweights. Because you got these 220-pounders fighting 270-pounders, and it's fucking insane. I don't – I mean, I don't think – I don't think – I think at 220, 270, you're really putting yourself at a disadvantage being the 270 guy. Like, I know we all saw this guy, Ben Rothberg, come here and smash uh, Bobo real quick or whatever. But I think if you really – Bobo – like, nothing against Bobo. He's a great guy. He's a great fighter. He's tough. But, like, you know, he's not – he's not, like, a cream of the crop bare knuckle i mean the great bare knuckle like boxer you know he's not the the a-side fighter you know what i mean so i think until ben rothberg fights a real a-side heavyweight that's not intimidated and it's actually going to move where they're not going to sit in Robo, you know got caught sitting in front of him early in the fight you know what i mean but if he, if he gets in there like with an arnold adams who's not going to sit still who's going to move around and pop that jab to be that big you know that that takes a lot of energy to carry that body around you know a lot of people are talking about, oh, you know, can you go five rounds? Oh, I fought MMA five rounds. But let's keep it real. MMA, if you're on the ground for three of that five-minute round, yeah, it's tough on your body, but they're not holding each other super tight for three minutes down there. They're waiting for the guy to make a move so they can make a move. It's like a chess match where bare knuckle is action for two minutes. It's a different type of, you know, adrenaline rush. Hmm. So I feel, I feel like if you got that 280, you're kind of, you're kind of at a disadvantage. 
You know his name's Rothwell, right? Not Rothwell. No, I have no idea what his name is. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't, if if I don't no, work with you and it. I don't train you, like I don't know what your fucking name is. I just know he's a really big dude that sounded that had a really cringy ending to his interview. That's all I remember. That's kind of so, been like he's he, that's been his trademark like yeah. his whole career. Yeah, that's that was cr- that was cringy though. That was cringy though. I was like, what is he doing? This is not WWE. <laughs> now, uh, what about our boy Brian Duran? Does he got a fight coming up? You know, Santa Claus is bringing him back in action too. So back in December. Yeah, December. Howard, um, a lot of them. There's gonna be a lot of slaughterhouse guys out there. You were breaking up there for a second, but I'm assuming that you said this is at Hollywood, uh, Hollywood Hard Rock, and you guys are gonna be slaughterhouse heavy. Yeah, it's gonna be heavy. Um, I'm bringing I'm bringing two new guys into Bare Knuckle. I'm gonna bring a guy named uh, Rambo. He um he's a 125er, 125 or 135 or whatever, but he was like, you know, top-notch boxer in the amateurs out here in Florida. And I've watched the kid grow up and we've worked together. He's fought Jared in the amateurs. Like the kid's tough as nails. So I'm bringing him in and then I'm I finally decided just to bring in my ace. So I'm bringing in my ace to bare knuckle. So that should be very interesting. He's already called out Palomino and uh Chad Mendez, so should be oh, interesting. Nice. Yeah, so, they're at some someone interviewed him. They asked him, like, hey, who do you want to fight? He's like, Paul Mino, Chad Mendez. <laughs> He's uh, overzealous and very quickly. You're breaking up a little bit. Um, I don't know if you're, you're getting too far from, from, from the, move. From the Wi-Fi you, or what. Better? Can you hear me now? Yeah, but you're yeah, you're pausing a little bit your screen because you were good a second ago. But uh, all right. Go, hey, who who is your ace? Who's your ace? Oh, Go-go? No, no, no. My ace is uh, Bryce Henry. Bryce Henry. His, his, he's five and zero as a professional boxer. His nickname is Baba Yaga. So like every time I've ever heard of a guy like tell me, oh, I got a killer, I got a guy, I got a guy to bring my Baba Yaga in there to handle business. Are you still uh, getting fight offers, even though you keep ruining all of um, David Feldman's plans every time? Because last time we last time we saw you, we were in Albuquerque, and um, that's not Jeremy, my fault. That's Nate Shook's fault. <laughs> and Jeremy Smith was not supposed to go in there and and smack that dude around. Mm-hmm. And neither was Gogo. <laughs> yeah, Gogo too. You know, yeah, it, it was cool. We got Gogo on a couple weeks ago. He's a, he's a pretty down to earth dude. I like talking with him for sure. I'm trying to keep. I'm trying my best to keep him in America. So if nice. anybody listening wants to sponsor Gogo, I'd highly appreciate it because right now I'm funding Gogo and it's getting a little rough out here on these streets. <laughs> so I I have a question about uh, Howard Davis because today I saw Kai Stewart saying, "Hey." We want the fight. We're waiting on them. And you said, no, you're not waiting on us. You're waiting for BKFC because Howard doesn't turn down fights. We already said we would fight. Yeah. He said, nah, no, nah, that's not what I'm hearing. Howard told me he wanted to fight on the, on, the, on the Orlando card and the Hard Rock card. So that's the type of cycle that I'm dealing with. He's like, no, nah, I'll be fine. I'll just fight on both of them. So he definitely wants to fight. It's just, you know, it's up to them to give me the call. Like, I could tell you this, bro. Nobody that's ever fought for me or trained with me, I don't duck fights. I match up, like, coming in December, if everything goes the way it goes, I'm matching up my own guys against each other. You know what I mean? So if you're if you're the best, you got to prove you're the best. You know, you got to fight. Like, I I manage I manage Vinny Carrillo and I manage uh, Terry Caprio. 
but that's the fight that needs to happen because one of them got to be the better fighter. You know, one got to be, they both got one and O's. I can't, I can't not fight them just to avoid fighting my guys. So it's like, I, I challenge my fighters amongst each other. So like, if it ever came down to it, and I had another 45 and Howard's one of my 45s, they'd fight each other. So for no one to ever say my team or any of my fighters duck fights, like we take every fight. I've never said no to a fight. I, so there's a guy in the comments. I don't know why he hates you, but he, Jared, there's a lot of them. Yeah, <laughs> but he's saying under Ryan, you will dodge everything that you guys are dodging. Kai. So I just have to say, like, why? Why would Howard Davis for it? Why would he dodge Kai Stewart? But he didn't dodge his other fights. Like I, I you he know fought Jimmy. I mean? He fought Jimmy Rivera with a right, broken he hand. What Jimmy Rivera, who is with a broken his, hand with a broken hand has some experience in uh fighting like maybe that was his first bare knuckle fight but he has experience and we know he's he can be a fucking real killer and they beat the shit out of each so, other in that fight so 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 what happened what happens is montana's becoming a big fan base for bare knuckle right so they're just coming into the circle of you know the mike and miss show the other podcasts here and there so now they're pushing for their guys in montana which is respectful you know kai's really popular in montana mm -hmm. but i mean you just went five rounds to a split decision with a guy howard debuted again and pitched a shutout so i mean it's really like there's levels to it if you go watch the kai stewart versus howard fight i mean sorry not kai stewart the um, rusty crowder and howard fight crowder never came forward crowder ran for his life for five rounds when when Kai fought him, they fought to a split decision. Kai already had bare knuckle experience. I literally that was Howard's like second pro fight. His first one was on a dark boxing card, and then that bare knuckle stage against Rusty Crowder at that time, who was like three and three, who had already six bare knuckle fights, and that was like Howard's debut in BKFC was Rusty Crowder. Yeah, so, I mean he fought, me, top, he, he fought a top five guy in his debut. So I mean there's levels. So. Ryan, let me ask you this. Why would Howard want to fight? And this is not a shot against Kai Stewart. So whoever you are that's fucking saying all this stuff, this is nothing against Kai Stewart. Why would Howard Davis want to fight Kai Stewart when he just went to a draw with a guy like Jimmy Rivera who has such a established career coming over from UFC? They put on a banger of a show in Hard Rock. Yep. They went to a draw, so why wouldn't them two fight each other again for the 145 title before Kai Stewart? I think because I think honestly, Jimmy Rivera, it was a good fight, but I think you know, Jimmy Rivera need to get more fights under his belt because that's mm -hmm. disrespect. And to me, it's disrespectful to to uh Rusty Crowder, to all the other 45ers who have been in the game getting fights and losing and winning and this and that for a guy to come in, fight to a draw, and then get a title shot. Like, to me, that's just disrespectful. Kai Stewart, I got to give him his props. He's won his fights. He's 3-0, and I think, right? I'm pretty sure he's 3-0. Yep. Yes. So, like, bro, like, he's 3-0. and Howard's whatever it is, 3-1 with a draw, whatever it is. I mean, he, he earned his spot. Like, I don't I don't see anything wrong with Kai fighting Howard. I think that's actually a good fight to make. I, I think they fought different level and different caliber of fighters. But regardless, the records, you know, if we're looking at it on paper – it makes sense. If we're looking at it like who they fought and when they fought him and how it's just, you know, it's different levels. And I'm not taking anything from Kai. He's tough as fuck because I was, I was right there in Montana when I saw his fight. He's tough. He took a, he took a few good shots and he stayed in there. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you can't take nothing from him, but I just think that 
if he's ranked like Howard's ranked, he's number two or whatever he says he had won, whatever he says he is, then that's the fight that should be made. And I, I think he actually showed a lot in the fight because he was, I thought he was losing that fight. And then he came back and won three straight to take. I felt he, I felt he lost, he lost round one and two. Yep. And then, and then he actually like did a, adjusted a little bit in the fight to Crowder and Crowder's tank ran out and then the, changed the pace. Cause he is young. You got to give him that. So he's going to be, he's going to have a tank, but Howard's young too. So, I mean, his advantages. And the thing is too, he, he's a short dude. I don't think he's stand next to Howard yet. He doesn't really know how tall Howard is until you stand next to him. So I think he has to understand that that's a huge disadvantage for him being a wrestler and a guy being six something in front of him. Yeah. Cause if Jimmy Rivera had trouble getting in on him being that tall, I mean, Jimmy didn't have that much trouble because Howard was trying to load up every fucking punch if I'm honest, but he could have had more trouble with Jim. Jimmy could have had more trouble if Howard actually established a jab. So it's interesting. Very interesting. Now, um, somebody in the comments says, What about Kai versus Chalbeck? I know that you you're you're in the know. You know things. How come we have not seen John Chalbeck back in a BKFC ring since since uh, the Adam I know, Colorado I know, fight? I know, I know he was supposed to fight. From what I heard, he was supposed to fight, and he had, like, a family emergency. I don't know exactly, like, what happened in his family, but I know he has some, like, a death or something in his family that oh. took him out of the last fight. I think he was supposed to fight, like, in Louisiana or something. So I know that he was supposed to fight, and I don't, I, and I don't think it's a lack, of, a lack of him wanting to fight. I think it's more of a lack of people that make sense fighting him. Like, I'm not saying, like, I mean, I think Howard would take that fight, but, I mean, does it really make sense? Like, you know, like, win or lose, does it make sense? Like, what does it prove, you know? He's just not he, – he hasn't really fought actively in bare knuckle. He's a great fighter, and he's tough as shit, and he's a good fighter, but I just don't see him being, like, a factor. Like, I think a Kai Stewart-Howard fight is more of a draw than a Howard and – I mean, a Howard and a Chowback fight. Yeah. And, maybe uh, not for maybe not for like the the you know the hardcore fan. I think a hardcore fan wants to see a child by Howard fight, but I think the Kai Stewart Howard fight just brings more eyes, you know. And and uh, one more thing I want to ask you that was in the comments here. Uh, I can't find it now, but Kevin Smith says, "Go ahead and make and make the announcement." All right, where the fuck? Oh, he said, make all the right, big well, somewhere in there he said, "Go ahead and make the big announcement." What is he talking about? All right, about? well, so so just so everybody knows, um, Kevin and I have decided to partner up. So Smith Brother and Slaughterhouse Management is one of one. So we're on the same team together. So if you're basically a Smith Brothers fighter, you're falling under the Slaughterhouse flag now too. So everybody that's – so Kevin and I are pretty much, you know, working together. It's a partnership now. So Smith Brothers and Slaughterhouse Management fighters are all one big camp. Holy wow. shit. So you guys yeah. got a fucking squad of fighters then. Like, yeah, that's a, a stable. Correct. Yeah, that's, a, that's a stable. So, a, a, quarter, is, a quarter of the BKFC roster is now, is now under one umbrella. Correct. That was the whole idea with Kevin. And I sat down. I told Kevin, I was like, man, you got a lot of fighters. And I got a lot of fighters. You're from Florida. I'm from Florida. I mean, we could really do something when it comes to Florida events and other shows, because we have so, like you said, we have so many fighters on the roster and I'm telling you, I got guys that you guys haven't even seen yet because I'm just slowly feeding them in. Like I got a heavyweight named block that I know is going to be a fucking problem. I got a bunch of fighters that I'm just keeping in the, you know, in the back. So I don't want like to lose the flair of Jared or lose the flair of Howard or lose. So, or go, go. It's just every once in a while, I keep feeding Jeremy Smith, 
Britain's return. So every once in a while, I'm just keep feeding another one. Like this time, I'm bringing Rambo and I'm bringing uh, uh, Bryce. So like, I don't want to like lose the flavor on certain fighters because other fighters are in their weight class and are just as good or even better. You know what I mean? I love it, man. That's amazing. Congratulations to you guys on the on the uh, the marriage there. And is there going to yeah, be a name? Is, yeah, is it's there... really the name. No, I don't really think we're going to get any. It's going to be like you know, Slaughterhouse and Smith Brothers, like you know, figure out how to make a logo that works together. But I mean, it's just his brand is strong, my brand is strong. It just makes sense, and we work well together. So it's easier. Like I'll give you guys an example. It's easier if like when he has a fighter and I have a fighter. If I'm able to just call Kevin and be like Kevin. What do you think about this fight? You go with it. He called his guy. I called my guy. We figure it all out amongst each other, and then we present it to the upper echelon. You know what I mean? And once it's presented like that, we already present medicals. We present blood work. We present a fight that makes sense. We present numbers on ticket sales. We present all that stuff. It's easier to get a fighter matched up. Like People think all that shit talking online and doing that Facebook shit is where it's at. That's really not how you're going to ever get a fight. Like you have to have your medicals, you have to have your blood work, you have to have all that shit in order. Like you just can't be online. Oh, I want to fight. I want to fight. Tagging Nate, tagging Dave. Like that's not gonna work. Like you have to literally. There's a process to this. That's why having managers like Kevin and myself, it really helps the situation because Kevin has a great relationship. I got a great relationship. The reason we did the management, I don't know Kevin. I don't know why Kevin started, but the reason I started was because I seen a benefit in my fighters with the relationships that I had. So I was like, look, if I manage you guys, I get you fights. We work as a team collectively, you know, collectively. We sell tickets together. Collectively, we promote together. Collectively, if if Britain has twenty thousand followers, hey, share uh, Vinny Torino shit. Who only has two thousand followers? Help him get some followers. And collectively, you know, it helps everybody. Like Travis Thompson is gonna come down. I mean, I don't know if he wants me dropping his juice, but Travis Thompson's gonna come down and train with me for his next fight. Nice. So like, but that's, a, but that's a Smith brothers fighter. So now we're cross across, you know, crossing the bridge where like, he doesn't feel weird coming to work out with me or coming to train with Jared or coming to get rounds with all these people because, Oh, I'm not a slaughterhouse guy. I'm a Smith brothers yeah. guy. No, nah, it's all good. We're all now one big umbrella. So if you're a Smith brothers guy and you need work, this is where we get work. And if vice versa, if we need work from a specific fighter that's fought somebody. Now I could call Kevin and say, Kevin, where can we meet up with this guy to go get rounds for so-and-so or could, where can we get some knowledge from this fighter for this? You know, yeah. it just works out better if you work together as a team, you know, and Kevin's a very, a lot of people are very narrow minded in this sport. It's like one, one direction. I know what the fuck I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. Kevin's not like that. Kevin's very open-minded to new concepts and new ideas. And when I brought it to his attention of like what we should do together, he was with it. And we've been running with it behind the scenes now. If I would stay for like a month or two behind the scenes, just matching up fights and seeing how the marriage worked. If like we worked well together and I feel we definitely work good together. Dude. Awesome news. Fucking fantastic. Uh, look yep. out for those guys for sure. Thank you for coming on Ryan and filling some space. For sure, bro. We appreciate you. And we'll see you out in Denver. huh? For sure, bro. I'll talk to you later. Yes, right. sir. Thanks, later, bro. man. Bye. Man, that was very cool of him to jump on. We lost yeah. uh, Doolittle for tonight. But you know what? Something's been going on with the links that we've been sending yeah. out to our guests tonight because Doolittle couldn't get on. Ryan the couldn't get on. I sent it. I had to send it to his email because the first one didn't work. So I don't know what's going on with the StreamYard links. All they right, owe so us money. 
They, they owe, owe us, us money. God money. damn it. That's they owe us I money. They're, they're ruining our reputation with these fighters, and we're going to have to go find them. But anyways, we got a guy who made history Saturday night becoming the second champ champ on the BKFC roster in the history of their uh, company in an incredibly strange but impressive <laughs> yes, uh, main event. Here he is, Lorenzo the Juggernaut Hunt. Look at him. He's, <laughs> he's sleeping over there. We He's been waiting. Oh. <laughs> hey, Lorenzo, what's oh. going on, man? Welcome. Oh. oh. Hey. Hey, what's, oh. <laughs> what's up, man? Oh, I'm so sorry about this this bullshit. You've been you've been oh. waiting on us for 20 minutes. Oh, that's all right. That's all right. I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> you know, the young kids nowadays, they real impatient, you know. <laughs> oh, I'm all right. I'm all right. How you guys doing? Dude, we are great. Thank you for coming on, man. We weren't originally going to have you tonight, but we got in touch today, and it's good to see you here. Um, you did what you said you were going to do. You went out. You went up. You got another belt. Uh, let's talk about this a little bit, man. What was it like down in Monroe and enemy territory once again and and putting on the show that you put on, dude? It was a, it was a good show. It was a good place. Um, I mean... I honestly wish I had a little more game opponent, but uh, uh, Quentin Henry put on the show. He showed a lot of tickets, and uh, his his game plan fell through. You know, he it didn't work out for him. So you know, double world champ. Like I said, it was all pageantry anyway. You know, people don't believe me. I'm just that guy that's just talking. You know, nobody believes the juggernaut guy. You know, whatever. I know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> no dude you know what you're doing for sure you're you're definitely one of the best show like you're one of the best fighters in the world in bare knuckle but you're also the probably the best showman on the roster as far as putting on pageantry and putting on a show from the second you sign a contract to the to the fucking week after the fight's over you're still selling this damn thing the walkout you had Jade uh, Car is it Cargill Cargill, Jade Cargill out there with you, uh, AEW champion. Um, the mask with the horns, the walkout with the two belts dragging, like the whole thing. And then you get in the ring, and this craziness happens in the ring. Um, first of all, is Jade a friend of yours? I know that you go to a lot of AEW events and you get involved yeah. with them. What's up with that? Yeah, more like family than friends. You know, we we're we're all squad. It's champ life, gold rush. We're all on it. We we all we we're the upper echelon of our organizations, and it's a good thing. You know, it's good to have friends like that. You know, nah, it's you're definitely um, you're you're starting to go. I mean, you are the guy that has become a star through bare knuckle. I, I think that's safe to say. Like you have become a like universal star outside of bare knuckle through bare knuckle. And that I think you might be the first one to actually do that for sure. And now you're bringing more people in to bare knuckle, which is great, which is why Jerry, uh, Ryan Perez is in the comments right now saying best showman, hands down. You're the man for the company. Now, unbelievable walk out, all that stuff. Even like the even the interviews that you did prior to with the American, I'm American, you're American. That was fucking awesome too. You get in there against uh, Quentin Henry. 
You're in his hometown. Quentin Henry's got a thousand people there watching. What the hell happened on the floor at the beginning sequence of that fight? It was it was very strange for us watching. Tell us from your vantage point inside the ring. Quentin Henry flopped. I, I had a plan. My plan was to press him and rattle him early on and then draw the fight down and frustrate him after embarrassing him, after a knockdown or after he grabbed me or after I cut him, I was gonna, I was gonna drag the fight and then go ahead and finish him. Quentin Henry had a plan too. He was gonna use my aggression against me and take any opportunity to get a DQ. People don't understand. Anytime Quentin Henry gets into a real fight, he lays down on the ground and plays to the ref. He poked me in the eye. Ah! Y'all forgot already? Well, guess what? They that was not the, 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 the referees didn't forget that he tried to bail out of the Chris Levin fight. Right? And then he does it again. I look square at him. He caught me. He caught me clean. So when we're when we're going down, we're still fighting. It's like swimming. Like I don't know if we're up, I don't know if we're down, but we're still swinging. And when I looked at him, I saw his back to the to the canvas and I changed it. You can see it. BKFC just posted it. Go look at it. I yeah. moved my hand at the last minute and Quentin Henry flopped like a wrestler like a foul like a like trying to draw a charge he did like this and rolled over on his belly and pretended to be knocked out like a fucking coward everybody saw it the louisiana commission saw it you think they would have sided with me if they didn't see that the doctors saw it david feldman saw it the referee saw it you think they would have picked up a, a unconscious man and made him fight? If you no think that, you're just another hater. If you think they would have picked up an unconscious man and made him fight, you're just another hater. Well, they so would be in extreme trouble for that being like the first event of that area and that whole commission. They would have been fucked. The doctor would have been screwed. Like man, they would have been, they would have been on my ass if I had actually bash Quentin Henry like that and knocked him out. Get out of here, man. Anybody who who's mad because they lost money or fell for all that hype that Quentin Henry had did pre-fight when he sold all of those tickets, he tried to quit. He tried to win by a technicality. He tried to draw a foul and get a big check and walk away with one of these. But I got news for you. That's not how you get one of these. Now, in the comment, Susan Walker says he didn't take the DQ, so the DQ was never – yeah, the DQ was never on the table. They were never going to DQ. They walked up to him and said, fight or lose, he would have lost because I didn't hit him. Did you hear Did you hear? Um, Dan? Dan. That I didn't take a punch because the punch never made contact. Go back and watch the replay. They just posted it. You can yeah. see me pull my hand back. You can see him fake it. 
they put a they put a video up today. It's called another <laughs> angle or something like that. Another view, another view or something like that. It's, the, it's called uh, the BKFC highlights. Yeah, it's it's, it's you can see me move my hand right before it hits him, and he does this with this with his face like a clown. He tried to draw a charge. He tried to draw a, a DQ, and it didn't work out in his favor. And it made him fight, and I beat him up. And then I had to make it look good. How many champs that you know can do that? Um, Go back. I, and watch I was fight. completely surprised. Were you I surprised that he throw, continued? I let him throw thirteen punches in the third round without without throwing nothing, and then I knocked him out. Five punches later, how many people you know can do that? When, what when is, he uh, continued the fight, were you surprised that he actually said, "Yeah, I'm going to continue the fight," and then 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 fought for you know what two and a half rounds? I, I was there. I watched David Feldman walked up behind him and said, "Fight or lose." Hmm. I was right there. Yeah, I was surprised. He and that's when he put his before. mouthpiece in and was like, "Fuck it, let's do it." He did. He did it before with the Chris Levin. They tried to get the DQ. With the eye poke, they looked at the replay and they said, "Bro, it was a fist. Are you gonna fight or are you gonna take the L?" And then he said, "Fuck it, I'll fight." And then he ran after Chris Levin and went crazy and got knocked out. Right? Or did I just make that up? No, that's what I think happened too. That's exactly that fight. what happened. Anytime he's posed with any opposition, he quits. He's only strong when he's winning. There's a lot of guys like that. There's more to being the champ than only being strong when you're winning. It it was one of the craziest sequences of events that we've ever <laughs> for sure. It was, for, it was odd. It was crazy. It was weird. It was crazy because he made it crazy. And you know Man. what? I don't mind if every one of my fights end in controversy because it keeps people talking. They keep chattering. They keep saying he doesn't deserve it. And I keep piling them up. There's you, a pile of these bitches. In my house. Do you wish that you didn't throw that at all so that never nope. happened? Nope. Because it all because I got because you got to see his true character. And if if I hadn't have thrown that one, and if I hadn't have pulled it, he would have did it again later. Because listen, quiet is kept. You can ask anybody who was in um in Louisiana. There was a pool. Everybody's not on Quentin's side. There was a pool, they were gambling on how Quentin would quit. There was a community pool of people I've never met that I don't know. They came to me. They said, there's a pool on how Quentin is going to quit. He's going to fake a knee injury, an eye injury, or something. They told me that before the fight. Damn. You know, it, so it, it, people it in is. Your own community know you. The people in your own community know you're a cheater and they know you're a quitter. I did think it. I thought that it was interesting that when you guys had that sit down with Brian Sosha and he was saying that he has the whole community behind him and you can't go outside here because these are all my people. And I'm like, didn't he post a fucking like block party there? <laughs> where Lorenzo was out there like amongst a thousand people like handing out things and 
I'm like, what is he talking? I, I don't know. I just thought that was weird because he was like, yeah, you, you, you can't go around. These are my people. And uh, I'm like, hmm. he has delusions of grandeur. And I tried to talk to him plain and simple when we was at the thing. I said, at the end of the fight, you're going to have to ask yourself which lie that you told yourself about me got you beat up. You're going to have to figure it out because you lied to yourself and you set this fight up. I'm better than you think I am. And you lied to yourself and said I wasn't. You said it was a mistake. You said I got Hector Lombard because I got in his head. You said I beat Joe Riggs. I'm a bum, but Joe Riggs is in his prime. You said a bunch of garbage that got you beat up. He even said that I was in Puerto Rico punching trees for the views on Instagram. Did you see his face? How stupid are you to think that I will wake up at 5.30 every morning and punch trees for the views on Instagram? Look at his face. That's how you wear stupid. That's how you wear stupid. Man, that, that hematoma was crazy. Lorenzo, when he came on our show, we asked him about your previous opponents, Joe Riggs and Lorenzo. I mean, and and Hector, and how you were able to basically mind fuck them before the fight. He said that you were he was incapable of being fucked with like that. Do you believe that you successfully got into his head before you fought this fight, bro? If I got into his head, it was because when I punched him, his skin moved out of the way and let me inside his fucking brain. I don't have to get in nobody's head. It's a fight. That's from the outside looking in. You got guys walking around banging their chest saying they're the best in the world like dumbass Mike Richmond. And if I say, no, you're not, they say, oh, he's trying to get in my head. He's trying to get in my head. If I say, I knocked out nine people. They say, oh, he's trying to get in my head. He's trying to get in my head. <laughs> I'm telling you the fucking truth, you idiot. But you saying I'm trying to get in your head. I told Quinn Harry, I said, you're not ready for this fight. You should have fought a couple more times. They offered him somebody else. They said it just won't be a title fight. He said, no, I want the title. Joe Riggs didn't have to fight for the title. He could have fought anybody in his little town. But no, he wants to fight for the title. And I said, that's a bad idea. You should have just fought anybody, Joe Riggs. No. He wants to fight for the title. You guys think I'm trying to get in these guys' head. I'm just telling them they stupid. Joe Riggs didn't even know my record, but I'm trying to get in his head. He didn't but even I, know. I will tell you, I will tell you that I think on I, the opponent's record. I think you did though. You might not think that you are, but you did you got him when hey, you guys were sitting there with Sosha and, and he and he got up and he took the microphone and was like, fuck this, I'm done. And you said, you're going to quit Saturday just like you quit now. That was I... the truth. That wasn't getting in somebody's head. That was the truth. I'm taking a, I'm taking a, I'm making an honest observation. And people don't like honesty. They like lies. People are in love with lies. For example, the jelly beans that the Easter buddy leaves are shit curds. Every <laughs> he jumps he leaves a jelly bean if i say that to you you think i'm an asshole <laughs> no no i guess so bro i told him i said you're not ready for this fight quentin i'm the best i'm the champ you're making excuses for me being the champ 
I told him, I said, you guys are like lawyers in a dog fight. I'm fighting and you're talking. Was that a lie? I'm nine and one and everybody else is pitter-pattering, running their mouth talking about, but, but technically, but technically, you're not the 205 champ. <laughs> you beat the two. I, I know that that whole thing that goes back. So that goes all the way back to before Hector, when everybody knew you were you were fighting for his title, and then you weren't fighting for his title. So oh, I, I, it's just I, a our serious saying like, oh well, Lorenzo's coming up in weight. This is going to be hard for him. <laughs> I destroyed the two hundred five division. I got more two hundred five fights than one eighty five fights. If an idiot says that. He's just an idiot. Right. Yeah. You fought Rob Morrow the same night that Henry fought Lieber. Chris Lieben. Right. Yep. Knocked him out. And Chris Le and, and Rob Morrow was bigger. He is big. Than, than him. Yeah, so, he's a big so, boy. So, Lorenzo, some people out there say you've never fought at 185. Period. Eh. What do you say to those people? <laughs> Lawyers in a dog fight. Now, in a dog fight yeah what is next for you man you've done you've done everything you said you're gonna do so far now you have options like you have this main event coming up in denver those guys are fighting for the interim title of the 185 pound division um you could fight somebody at 205 maybe trio yeah. maybe go up to heavyweight what what's next for the juggernaut the the 205 belt is uh the 205 division is destroyed i destroyed it before i left that's why they were so comfortable letting it lay for a whole year there's nothing been going on in the 205 division except for quentin henry nobody's close true helio is not entitled contention i don't want to hear that bullshit. you don't get a pass just because you got a doctor stoppage a cut lip against me against the champ you don't get a title fight. You don't get a big paycheck. You don't get shit unless you fight, you clown, period. I'm, I'm calling the shots. Mike Richmond, if Mike Richmond beats Look Doolittle, I'm going to go to 85 and bust his head like a fucking grape. Watch. He'll be in a line with the other guys with huge hematomas. If Doolittle wins, eh, I might dap him up and laugh and point at Mike Richmond. I might leave it to Doolittle because I like Doolittle, but I can't stand Mike Richmond, arrogant, stupid, stanking ass, always talking trash to me. So if do, if Mike Richmond wins, I will definitely be defending. Even if I have to vacate the 205 belt, I'll put it on the ground. I'll slam this bitch on the ground like I did the first time. But Mike Richmond ain't going to sit around with no interim belt in my in my division. And I'll make 185 if I got to leave and go go to Puerto Rico right now. He won't have nothing in this division. When I'm done with him, he'll be gone like Hector. Mike Richmond Day is numbered in this company because ain't no champ unless I say so. He should have never said my name. Hey, I can't wait for that. So <laughs> can, 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 hey, can you answer me this? Um, it was like about two or three weeks ago, David Feldman was on the BKFC, the Bare Knuckle podcast, um, their official podcast. And yeah, the he Bare said, Knuckle show. 
the bare knuckle show and i don't know they changed the name or whatever um you guys you were on uh he was on there with those guys and david feldman himself said that this fight even though it still says interim on the website it still says interim on the poster he says it's for the official. Are you still the 185-pound champ? I'm still the 185-pound champ. Talk to David Pellman. Talk to his son. Talk to the commission. They can't do that. <laughs> you okay. can't take it from me. I'm the active champ. I have to be able to defend. I have to get a shot to defend. I have to get offered a shot. Nobody ever offered me a fight at the 185. They didn't say, hey, fight Richmond or fight Doolittle or fight Quentin. They said fight Quentin. And then they put on an interim title fight. They never asked me to defend my title, so I never turned it down. I have rights as champion. I have rights as the champ. I it hasn't been that long either. Right. Right. It hasn't been long at all. Johnny Bedford hasn't fought now, for a long time. Now, let me tell you what this coward Mike Richmond is banking on. He's banking on the fact, well, whatever they told him in order to sell him on the interim garbage. Oh, when he becomes the champ, they told me they're going to take the title from him. Wrong. Wrong, idiot. What they're going to do is force you to defend. Force me to defend. Duh. Sorry you didn't see that coming. So now you got to fight me. Set your stupid ass up just like Hector Lombard thought that he could become the champ and not have to fight me. It's just stupidness, man. And you think I'm trying to get in people's head. You're being stupid. If I say, pull your pants up, buddy, you don't have any draws on. That's stupid. I can see your stupid ass. That's stupid. Like, bro, you took an interim title in my, in my shit? A month, two months after I bust Joe Riggs' eardrum and broke his ribs? And you brought your little ass and took an interim title? Thinking what? They're going to take the belt from him and just make me the champ. Well, I can tell you right now. I don't know what you're what you're leaning towards. I think you're leaning towards that if, if Richmond wins. I can tell you that Lorenzo, you've always been our our biggest view getter. Like you draw the biggest crowd, the biggest numbers, and that thing with you and Mike Richmond is at one point one million right now. Listen, and uh, that that to me means that a lot of people want to see. People that still fight. commenting on it today. Listen, like, a lot of people want to see it. Do you remember? Do you remember when I stood in the ring? with Hector Lombard, and for the first time, you saw us next to each other, and yep. it dawned on you like, oh, no, he's not supposed to be in that weight class. One day shortly, you will see me and Mike Richmond, and then everybody will go, oh, no. Oh no, this is gonna be bad. It is what it is because arrogant, goofy ass fighters don't think. They just wanna fight. So now we get to put on a big show. I hope 
I, I if 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 Doolittle beats um Mike Richmond, I'll just laugh his ass out the building because Lord have mercy. Nobody wants to see me fight Doolittle. But Mike Richmond, yeah, we can do a big show for the 185 belt, Knuckle Mania, and all of the Marines and all the armed services will come out to see me fuck him up. You're gonna be in Denver, right? Yes. Nice. That's yes. Good. That's really yes, there. Of course I'll be there. <laughs> First class ticket. That they, they already it's already booked. <laughs> of course I'll be there. Do you think they wouldn't book me? <laughs> I, I, if you weren't there, that would be a travesty. <laughs> Do you think really, they, they can book me after after such an impressive showing against Quentin Henry, after such an amazing knockout, just bang, bang, lay down and go to sleep. You big baby. It's it's uh Bro, what I'm gonna do? <laughs> you know what's gonna be weird. Hold on, before you keep, before you talk, it is. Is this like the first time? I can't, when have they ever had an interim title fight going on in the ring when the reigning champion is sitting outside the ring holding the actual belt? Wow, wow. Has anybody ever seen that before? I, I'm just listen, listen. I don't know if I've ever seen that. I'll tell you when I seen it. Be I seen something similar happen. When Hector Lombard fought Joe Riggs, Hector Lombard was 2-0. And you were outside the ring? Yeah. 2-1. And I was 6-1. And, and they were fighting for my belt. Kind of the same stupid-ass shit. Yeah, I mean, like, anytime anything like that's ever happened before, the current champ was injured and unable to Do fight. I look injured and unable that's what i'm saying that just it is it is it is strange it's right. so listen it creates a super fight whatever right. whatever whatever mike richmond thinks that i did i couldn't make that i that i'll have trouble making 185 when i fought hector lombard we had a contracted weight they removed that contract and gave me a new contracted weight, which I made. Blame the company. Then when I fought fucking Joe Riggs, Joe Riggs was 185.5. When I weighed in, I was 185.9. They said, do you want to go cut it or are you guys okay with this? How many of you know about combat sports? It's an agreed contractual weight. Stop kissing the UFC's ass thinking the same rules apply to BKFC. It happens all the time. The UFC. This is not high school wrestling. Their rules aren't our rules. When Joe Riggs was 185.5, they looked to the champ and said, is that okay? And then I weighed in. And they said 185.9. You can go cut it or you can fight. Eh, fuck it. It's okay, Joe. Okay, it's okay. And then you guys try to make me out to be the asshole. Because nobody wants to see me swinging these hammers around and winning and saying shit like God is black. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me ask you this. You said you brought that up. 
I, I believe you you believe everything you say. But do you truly believe the world is flat, Lorenzo? Come on. All right. So here Come I'll on. address that. I'll address that since you're <laughs> since you're the only person to ask me. So I'm an open-minded free thinker. Mm-hmm. What I do believe is that I can't prove that it's not. And I can't prove that it's round. The only thing I have is to trust the assholes that told us COVID vaccine was safe. I have to trust the assholes that told us the Aztec (laughs) Indians were eating people while they were building fucking pyramids. I have to trust the assholes that told us everything we think we know. Yeah. I have to trust them. The same guys that gave the fucking syphilis to the Tuskegee Air to the to the Tuskegee experiments, we have to trust them. So I have to trust the same guys that put the fucking moon landing yep. out there. Operation Mockingbird. Yeah. You can't fucking prove it. You can't prove it. It's There's a lot of lying going on. I'll tell you that. Photoshop. So when somebody <laughs> when somebody tried to explain to me their theory about the world being flat, I was open minded enough to challenge the shit I thought I knew. Why the fuck do I think the world is round? Who told me that? So I thought about it. Just like when you look at the globe, America's bigger than Africa. Who the fuck yeah. told you that? I've Who seen that before. That Europe was bigger than Mexico. That Alaska Who- is bigger. They, they had like Alaska bigger than fucking like almost South America. <laughs> so, 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 so as a free thinker, so as a free thinker, when we when we start to grow up, right? The same people told me God was white and nobody flinched about a white God in Africa. Nobody said shit. If you say God is white, everybody's like, oh, that was okay. Yeah, he's blue-eyed and he's got long fucking hair. And his name is Bob. And you get on your knees and you pray and you and he'll give you a shit. Nobody flinches. If I said, well, mm, he's black. <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> I actually think that Jesus is, was Middle Eastern, right? But yeah. I always thought God was like some entity, like some floating uh, light or some shit. <laughs> whatever. I'm just saying he's Santa Claus. Santa Claus is white too, right? Like, come on, man. Like, stop the night. Like, well, I'm Santa Claus and he's Santa Claus. There's yeah. a lot. <laughs> and you're Santa Claus. And you're Santa Claus too. You, you hear what I'm saying? There's yeah. a lot. That are mad, just like the chick with the mermaid shit. It's like a black mermaid. Oh my god, no, it can't be a black mermaid. It can't. What's wrong with you people? What's wrong with you? It's fiction. It's yes, there is some oh, really odd just, bullshit that happens every let day. Let them make Superman black. Oh no. Oh my god, there'll be a riot in the street. Superman can't be black. It's a fictional character. Why is everybody so bent out of shape? If it doesn't matter. Because people get bent out of shape out of about everything, about yeah. everything. We were so, talking about do. it earlier with the weights, with that, right? Everyone's with that being said, with that being said, I'm gonna explain my logic. I'm gonna <laughs> explain my logic. Hear me out. Just, just you can clip this. The world is flat because you can't prove it's not. God is black because you can't prove it's not. And ain't no count unless I say so. Because you can't prove me wrong. I think we I'm got. I'm not it. arguing. With you, okay. <laughs> I think we got it, Lorenzo. Uh, 
You know, we appreciate you every time you come on here, man. Another stellar performance by you all the way through this from the fight camp to the fight to the fight week to the post fight, everything. Once again, you deliver. Uh, we will all be tuned in. We will see you out in Denver, but yes. everybody will be Can't tuned wait. in to, to Denver's main event to see if your next opponent will be Mike Richmond. And man, Thank you very much for coming on here. Short notice. Uh, if you have any final words, I think you kind of just delivered it. But if you have any final words, this is your chance. America, you can't be more American than me because I was born here too, goddammit. <laughs> if I'm not American, you're not American. If you're not American, I'm not American. We ain't American, but goddammit, I'm American. So if you're American, I'm American. We're American. America. America. Thank you, Lorenz. <laughs> we'll talk to you, buddy. All right. Later, man. There he is, the juggernaut, the champ champ, Lorenzo Hunt. Man. This... America. America. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. America. Fuck oh, yeah. Girl. Well. Uh, I mean, I think he addressed pretty much everything that anybody had to ask about that this mm -hmm. weekend. Um, dude, I mean... It's gonna be uh, it's it's gonna be interesting to see what happens in the main event in Denver. Oh yeah, and I'm telling you right now, if if it is Richmond on the winning end of that fight, we got ourselves a super fight. Unfortunately, and I don't know if he if he meant it, he's not interested in fighting Doolittle. So if Doolittle wins, I don't know what happens then. Maybe he just. Maybe um, maybe Lorenzo turns his you know walks away from the one eighty five pound division altogether and just that stays focused on two hundred five and heavyweight. But uh, guys, a couple fights were announced. Um, we have an a co main event that was announced for uh Orlando. Mike, do we have the graphic for that? Yes, our buddy, our buddy. It's in here somewhere. Boom. Our buddy, first response. Both of our buddies, man. Yeah, that's yeah, correct. We, we got our two buds, Jay Jackson guys. and Jared Warren. Two good dudes, really good fighters, skilled fighters at uh, 185 pounds. We'll be throwing down in Orlando at the Carib Royale. BKF that's a good one right there, man. Yeah, that's going to be a banger right there. Those guys both know how to fight. They know, know how to sling them freaking mitts. and. Uh, they both hit very hard. So, I mean, and, and you know what? They could both take damage and drive through it. Both of those guys have shown in their fights that they could face adversity and, and battle through. They're, they're two very formidable opponents. That should, that should be a banger right and, there. Yeah. Jay Jackson has one of my favorite fights. Uh, Actually, yes. And then, um, and then the other one, Ryan Perez, who was nice enough to pop on with us tonight, talked about it. Joey Beltran. And this is taking place November 18th, BKFC 33 in Omaha, Nebraska. You got Joey Beltran traveling down to the 205 cruiserweight division to yeah. fight Houston Alexander. Now, this sets up an interesting future here. Um, I, I don't know how many more fights joey has in him or houston alexander but lorenzo just talked to us about how the cruiserweight division is dead how he ran through you know everyone's nobody's left for him there yeah 
Uh, a lot of people will say Gustavo Trujillo. But yeah, that would be that, the one argument I would make would be as, him but right now. As we, have, as we have talked about, Gustavo Trujillo's last two fights were at heavyweight. He has right. not fought in cruiserweight division in a in a while so yes, with that and quite some time with that dude does this february 2020 i believe yeah so it's been over two years two and a half years since yeah. he's fought in the cruiserweight division now if joey beltran and houston alexander go out there and and joey goes out and puts out on on a perfect um an impressive performance against houston alexander Yes, Joey's coming off the knockout loss. He's coming off back-to-back losses in heavyweight against um, Arnold Adams and Frank Tate. Does a win at 205 put him in the talk about... The title immediately? You know, would, you know what I mean? I, I mean, I don't think so. I think that he would probably have to fight one more time. Because if Trujillo is then there, that would set up a solid fight, right? But a lot of people would be like, oh, no, Gustavo's going right for the belt for Lorenzo. So, like, that's what makes it difficult. So maybe you don't know now, you know, with this sport being still very young, like we say a lot, but it's really still there. There's not a lot of depth here uh, with many people. So he could go right to the belt because he's a former champion. So then you Joey, have Trujillo, and maybe he fights first, or maybe yeah. he doesn't, and then they fight each other. I, who the fuck knows? You all are triggering me, big boy. We're trying to trigger you. Yeah. Okay. What you else? You never know want? what's going to happen. What here, would you so. like us to do? Not talk about possibilities? Uh, would you? Would you like us to ignore the fact that Joey Beltran is going the two hundred five and fighting Houston Alexander and? We just talked to the 205 pound champ and he doesn't have an opponent because he just talked about how the whole division's dead. I mean, we could not talk about it if you don't want us to, big boy. <laughs> well, he so the thing <laughs> with with Lorenzo though is he's not gonna stay at 205 right now. He's gonna probably go and fight Richmond next. But we know how he is. And if he can't fight him soon enough, I think he just automatically like tries heavyweight or fights Gustavo. Like it's gonna happen. You know what fight would be fucking awesome? And I mean, I don't know how this fight would happen. Maybe Alan Belcher. If Alan Belcher was to beat Arnold Adams, if that was to happen, Alan Belcher in his size and style, in him and Lorenzo would be a fucking phenomenal fight. Don't you think? Alan Belcher and Lorenzo Hunt would be a fantastic yeah. fight, except for the fact that Alan, um, I believe he has a title fight lined up with Arnold Adams. I, 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 I don't know. I thought that was a thing, but we haven't heard anything. No. Um, man, I don't know. It's it's just like, I don't know. We I need to see shit. Arnold Adams by the end of the we year, do. right? Like we, we have do. to see him before we gotta the year get, is over. We got to get Scott Farley on the horn and, and find out when the hell that fight's happening. Yeah. I mean, that shit should have been announced by now. Um, but anyways, man, awesome talking to Mike Richmond as always. Yep. Thank you to Ryan Perez for jumping on and making that announcement about Smith Brothers and Slaughterhouse combining forces yeah, to make fantastic. like a super group down there in Florida. You guys know that, you know, Smith Brothers has a lot of killers over there, including four of them that are going to be on this upcoming card mike richmond jake Lindsay, bubba mcdaniel and um and melvin gillard but many more 
And then we all know about the slaughterhouse stable with Perez and Brian Duran and Gogo and the Beltrans and you name them. That's going to be, yeah. See, Marty, Marty, what's, you know, picking up <laughs> what I'm putting down, but it would be epic. Um, so congratulations to them on, on that conglomerate that they just put together fucking yeah. awesome and then uh shout out to lorenzo for giving us a little bit of time a couple days after making some history um it's great talking to all of them of, of course tomorrow night we have three more guests lined up i don't know mm -hmm. do we even have a graphic for this no probably not not um, for all three but we do have the i have this we have that. We're going to have both of those fighters on tomorrow night. We're going to start the night off with Crystal Pittman at 9 o'clock. At 9.20, we will have uh, Courtney Cameron. And then after these two, we're going to get Noah Cutter that was uh, successful in his in his fight this past weekend in Monroe, Louisiana, against a yep. guy that looked like he was about a foot and a half taller than him. Um, Noah Cutter will come on after the ladies tomorrow night. So... Thank you guys for tuning in tonight. Uh, before we go, one more time, shout out to the boys over at Guerrilla Warfare Apparel. They are putting out custom stuff for all their fighters, man. They got Misfit. They got Reber. They got uh, Lights Out, freaking James Lilly. They got Soto. Tony Soto, Angel Core. I feel like they just announced a couple more fighters, and I can't remember. Did off you the say Korea? I said misfit. Yeah, yeah. misfit. So doing yeah, big I mean, things. Doing big things. Go over there. Look at that BJJ girl wearing the shorts, you know? Yeah. Can't forget you, her. She doesn't even fight for BK, but can't yeah, they're, they're reaching outside of the, uh, the bare knuckle world. And uh, go to their website, girlwarfareapparel.com. Use pro promo code Mike and Mish. Get 10% off your purchase. With that said, Mike, you got anything else for these peeps? I'll see you tomorrow night. Peace.